silly is that? What are we talking about? Let's go do basketball. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hoop Dreams, the basketball podcast on the 8-Bit Collective, powered by those lovely boys and girls at Audio-Technica. My name is Matt Tilby, and I'm joined by the Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish of the NBA, of the 8-Bit Collective, I should say. <laughs> I'll let you decide who was who. It's John Peck and Brendan White. Boys, it's been ages. How are we? We back. We back. I have missed those silky smooth dulcet tones going in my ear holes while talking basketball. It's been too long, but we're back. It has been quite a while, and I missed your tones as well, Brendan. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we've got a whole bunch of stuff that we need to get through. Obviously, the first one being that we now have merch. Can you believe this? This is insane. Uh, shop8bit.net go and pick yourself up a hoop dreams pocket tee $30 I can confirm I've seen uh, one be white wearing these in the flesh they look fantastic they make me look better than I ever have so uh, that was one of my (laughs) high points of my long industrious career and life and uh, there'll also be pocket hoodies uh, available in the coming days as well once I pull my finger out and get them onto the store I can't wait. We've got some uh, excellent ideas for merch coming um, later in the year as well. But yeah, shop8bit.net. Go and pick yourself up a Hoop Dreams tee. Um, They look super solid and they also very, very comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, we've got a birthday to celebrate. It's this show. Happy birthday to Hoop Dreams. Hey. Here I was thinking you were going to say happy belated for my birthday just last week, but no, the fucking show trumps me. So uh, stick it up, your bums. No, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been 12 months since the inception of the, uh, the Hoop Dreams. It's it's exciting. Time flies when you're having fun and talking about balls going in hoops. Yeah, exactly. You know what's weird? It's like we started it in the off-season and we had a great time talking about the off-season and now it's a year later and we're not even talking about playoffs yet (laughs) it's the eternal off season (laughs) yeah well uh of course the first episode of hoop dreams was released july 7th 2019 it feels like ages ago almost Mm. but um yeah we've we've blown out the candle on the birthday cake we're learning to walk uh, which i think is an excellent metaphor for this show (laughs) to be honest (laughs) i don't know about you i'm running i'm cutting laps around this bitch (laughs) um what have been your guys' favorite moments doing the show? Any Anything that, that stands out uh, apart from me predicting that uh, Devin Booker, Westbrook, and, and uh, Porzingis can beat MJ's Bulls? <laughs> I, I think I that's think, it. <laughs> I think your blind love affair with Devin Booker, like he's in every one of the, the all-NBA teams, the all-stopper teams, the 25 and under teams, all these. Like anytime there's a chance to draft the book into a team that's trying to take down a dynasty he is first cab off the rank and i know it's probably like a semi-running joke but it also just warms my heart that you love this man so much and you're just in his corner no matter what yeah look it's it's a bit of blind faith first and foremost but uh yeah look i'll be the first to you know hold my hand up especially after watching the last dance and seeing mm. how much of a uh, <laughs> an absolute piece of shit mj was in, uh, in those games especially against detroit that's that's the moment i thought Oh, I've made a huge mistake here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, I, I, uh, I apologize to anyone who th- thought I might be going against the, the purity of basketball there. Um, we lost all our viewers that week. Yeah. <laughs> we our lost, listeners. We, we might Booker, have, yeah. we're done. See ya. 
No, I, you, br- you bring up The Last Dance, and I think like getting an opportunity to discuss that amazing documentary every week has mm. probably been one of the highlights, because otherwise I would have just been throwing my opinions about it into the, the Twitter sphere or into the black hole of the internet. So getting that opportunity to break it down and, and also to... Uh, through I guess like your eyes as a younger person or someone that came onto basketball a bit later to see uh yeah just these stories that I've heard time and time again it's it's almost like when you like sit down with someone and show them a tv show that you really like mm. like introduce them to a community or a Seinfeld or Arrested Development or something and you're like wait for it like it gets better it gets better <laughs> this is the part this is where yeah, it's watch this bit What's this bit? He's going to dunk on him. He's going to, he's going to drop 50 on him. <laughs> I think that's... Bad another, boys are coming. Yeah, I think that's another running gag is that, uh, you know, that's when Jordan felt slighted and he'll drop 50 on him. I think that's mm. a running gag for basketball in, in general. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun doing that series with you, John O'Brendan. We didn't really get to hear your thoughts on uh, uh, The Last Dance as you were off doing life things. What did you think of the uh, series in general? I thought it was very good. I thought it was well put together. I certainly uh, could see that the the Michael Jordan marketing machine was behind how some of it was filmed and cut and portrayed, but mm. you can't deny the man's greatness. You can't deny the impact that he had on the game and, and taking it to where it is today. You know, I think he single-handedly brought that game into the mainstream, and you know, you can't you can't sort of poo-poo on his work ethic. And yeah, he was a bastard, but I think it goes hand in hand. Like I think you need to be a bit of a prick to have that kind of work ethic and that undying commitment to being the best and i think it was really cool um do we see one of these down the line in 20 years time of lebron james or someone like that probably will it be a lot lighter in tone a lot more family friendly definitely but (laughs) you can't you can't fault everyone involved like it was phenomenal storytelling and i really enjoyed it Mm, of course the meme potential too like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't go into it thinking like oh we're going to get a bunch of good memes out of this but like every week there was a new thing <laughs> shrugging security guard pizza oh yeah Mr. Know, Perfect everything <laughs> yeah. um, awesome. I, I think like it certainly opened the floodgates for basketball documentaries of course we're seeing uh, the Lakers one and the Kobe one and for some reason one about Clay Thompson coming back from his injury God. which mm. seems a little bit uh, useless at this point but you know we'll take it as it comes I guess but uh, of course also a big thanks to uh, our friends Logan Wilkinson and Dave Martinson for coming on to uh, talk The Last Dance and and classic basketball with us Um, it was definitely a lot of fun Um, not including this show that we're recording now and the teaser trailer on Spotify we've recorded 22 episodes that's 13 regular episodes four small balls and of course, the five last dance episodes. So, hopefully, uh, in the next twelve months, we can possibly get some, uh, you know, more episodes up. But we'll see what happens. We're all very busy, you know, busy young men. Obviously, uh, in that time, Jono became a dad. Congratulations mm. to him once again. Thanks. Um, of course, you know, as we speak. The uh, NBA is about to restart this uh, Friday in Orlando. Um, of course, the bubble has, uh, has you know, taken full effect. 22 teams, 13 in the West, 9 in the East. Uh, I've all descended upon, is it Walt Disney World in Orlando? This massive monolith of hotels mm. and entertainment. 
there's a lot to do there i've been to this this complex and been to that disneyland and whatnot and it is it is a theme park as much for kids as it is for adults and um mm. yeah obviously we'll probably talk about some of the uh some of the people trying to get their own fun and entertainment off-site as well but uh <laughs> yeah it's 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 an adventure over there so hopefully they're they're keeping some form of sanity and you see some of the player requests coming in for things they want in their room and whatnot and the amount of pairs of shoes they bring and all this yeah. insane stuff but you know what board band gets paid yeah exactly mm. of course uh, shout out to the sneaker king pj tucker for bringing allegedly 60 pairs of sneakers God. and also ordered an 85 inch tv for his hotel room which is just <laughs> words found me honestly i bet he like, plays Fortnite too i bet that's all he plays on that thing yeah probably i all mean all these nba players froth that game like i lose so much respect for these nba superstars and like yeah Fortnite's the best I'm like fuck off well i'll have you know that uh our lord and savior devon booker plays warzone so he's, See, he's slightly right. above that yeah exactly <laughs> maybe he will score a couple of points against uh jordan and, and pippen and rodman then there's hope for him yet exactly it's an interesting sort of, I guess, situation because obviously, like, let's say if you're a, a player on a team that goes all the dist all the way, you know, you're there pretty much until October, um, and obviously, you know, the, the general COVID situation in Florida is not great, but not only is it, you know, a physical health situation, but really it's like a it's a mental health situation as well. What do you guys think about like that's would. If you were in that situation, how would you feel and how would you deal with that sort of, you know, that type of situation? I don't, I don't think it's like, it's not like they're regurgitated in the, in the band in the bubble, if you remember that back in the day outside Federation Square. Oh like, yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's a, a big brother house kind of thing. They're in this massive area. They can go fishing, you know. I guess the only thing where I feel sympathy as far as mental health is that they're away from family and that mm. kind of thing and that's tough that's really tough but you know they're also NBA players who are constantly flying from one city to the other and they'll get to see their family but there'd be so many you know other distractions and time that they're spending traveling it's possible they might get to see them you know or talk to them more or have like longer conversations since they're not traveling so much if as far as you know pulling up Skype or FaceTime or whatever it is. So from that perspective, I think, yeah, there's some challenges that they'll have to, to overcome if they want to get through this thing. But there's so... I think it's 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 hard to know without actually having that experience of being an NBA player. Not many people can say that, but I feel like they would, it's would such a unique experience that I think they would be relishing the opportunity to be part of history in this way where, you know, there's probably some sense of fraternity i think where they're in this thing together they're probably hanging out with their friends on other teams that they wouldn't get to see too often and they get to like if they want to they can watch like every game like every opponent that's coming up they can go and watch their games because they're all playing within these three stadiums you know and the reporters who are there they can watch every single game as well because they're never on at the same time so there's all these things that we've never seen happen before and there's i guess a lot to to come as far as what comes out of it whether it's players planting the seeds of of future alliances like we had at the olympic games in uh, 2012 or uh, 2008 leading up to the decision and all that kind of thing in 2010 and yeah just 
players who they're being tested in new ways as well so whether that makes its way onto the court in like the playoffs is going to be interesting too yeah i think the other thing as well is obviously the habitual sort of things that players do on the court there's obviously a statement here i've just put down players will be discouraged from licking their fingers spitting (laughs) clearing their nose or touching their mouth guard which i think is probably the most um you know constant thing that they would do on the court i think that just sort of helps the situation um but obviously like you said like they're being tested you know almost daily for this sort of stuff so it'll be awkward at first but i think it'll just clear a path and hopefully you know it'll it'll get better sooner rather than later but obviously all teams here in the bubble are going to play eight regular season seeding games obviously we've we've got a couple of scrimmages going on in the past couple of days and we'll get to that in a sec but the one thing i want to talk about is this potential play-in series where if a ninth seed is within four games of the eighth seed those uh, those two teams play off together the eighth seed needs to win the one game but the ninth needs to win two to advance <laughs> brendan if you were say the eighth seed in the east and you had to play a ninth seed would you feel a little bit sort of upset that you might potentially lose out even despite being the eighth seed um not really because if i get scrubbed by the wizards then i'd have to take a good hard look at myself Uh, you know they're literally just there to make up the numbers like they're no chance in hell of winning anything uh with with that team and those injuries and everything else but if if i lost to that as as an eight seed like if i was the magic or, or the nets or however it ends up playing out with who sort of falls into the tail end down there uh i'd be pretty pretty disappointed in myself and and my teammates but i think it's fun yeah. i think this stuff and like if there's an opportunity to to become this playing series i think it's cool and it's going to get people mm. talking and it's something new to this sort of final series and, and maybe it's something they could look at look at for the future i i wish they they sort of dismissed the east and west and just went with the 16 best teams that was my hope i thought now's a good time yeah. to really shuffle the deck and just it's make been... it the cream of the crop but instead they wanted that east west parody and everything so it is what it is but it's something different and we're just gonna just gotta enjoy it and embrace it i think there's a lot of missed opportunities with creative ways that they could have approached this and what they ended up with is probably the like it to me it makes the least sense of anything is let's let's throw a bunch of teams in here who literally don't deserve it like i'm sorry but you know i don't know why phoenix is there matt i, I knew you were going there i, I don't and i don't know why the wizard the wizards are there and if the bulls were there i'd be saying the same thing like why are they there like they're not going to the playoffs or if they are they shouldn't be going to the playoffs it just doesn't make sense like it's obviously just for money i understand that is something that you just can't throw out as a factor but a lot of it just feels like oh they wanted to get zion there or they wanted to you know do whatever maneuvering it takes to to just squeeze a little bit extra money out of things the fact that there's a team like the wizards who like can you even name like five players on that roster that are going to be playing like it's it's not pretty all i can think of is beal and Rui. that's about it that's all Mm. i got (laughs) is beal is is beal still playing there's i I know that he was talking about potentially stepping away I i don't know but yeah. I, I anyway. keep up to nothing. Like, I don't keep up to date on anything yeah, Wizards. Right. <laughs> anyway, I, I, it's just like, as you said, if you lost to a team like that, 
in a best of three or whatever it is, there's no way you're going to do anything in the playoffs anyway. So I, I'm, to bring it full circle, I agree. Like, <laughs> it's you, you can't be too sour about that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it'll be a, a unique sort of situation if it does happen, fingers crossed. Um, hopefully Phoenix can sneak in there, but we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, of course, they're, they're currently playing a couple games at the moment to... Uh, to get prepped um, and really the big sort of standout performance in uh, these scrimmages has to be one Bol Bol who of course uh, <laughs> has come up through um, with the Denver Nuggets after being drafted and uh, well 16 points 10 rebounds and 6 blocks in his first game is definitely not uh, not too shabby for his first outing in the uh, well I will call it first outing in the NBA but um Hearing that he got drug tested immediately afterwards was always a uh, was always a bit of fun. I always enjoy it when players have such a great game out of the blue that they get drug tested because <laughs> I think it's just such a you know like anomaly. An anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> I th- was uh, Dwight Howard? Did he get uh, drug tested after hitting a three? Because people were like that shouldn't happen. Probably, I dare say, <laughs> I dare say. But he's like a. He's gone full zen these days, Mr. Dwight. He'd, so he might be on some drugs. It's probably smarter to test him now, but he'd be on sort of the therapeutic kinds as opposed to the enhancements, I think. He's, he's very <laughs> lean and mean, and I think he's like on like a veg, like a veggie diet these days too. Like he's full full gone spiritual and... and Anti-vaxxer. Yeah. Oh, well, God. given... Lost some respect given, for him with that. Given the diet that uh, the players are on with the sort of food that they've been photographing from uh, Walt Disney World, he's, he's probably well within his rights to do that but um there was in fact a funny story about uh i believe the nba had sort of hired a couple of djs for each sort of uh player hub uh just for some entertainment uh the only person who actually turned up was dwight howard and he was just walking around the pool by himself and the dj shouted him out for being quote one of the real ones which i think was absolutely (laughs) hilarious but uh shout out to be uh dwight howard being such a party animal um, one guy who isn't a party animal is uh, Australian hero Paddy Mills, who looks like he's donating his entire one million plus salary from the uh, duration of his Orlando stay to Black Lives Matter causes both in Australia and the US, which is fantastic. I think that's a wonderful mm. initiative from him. Hopefully more people can come forward with that. Uh, hopefully maybe even Ben Simmons, um, even Aaron Baines if he's there as well. I hope that... Just any of them, like mandate and just say a million dollars from each of your salaries like that is nothing for somebody like i know that's a substantial amount of money but like they could have like rallied together like even just the just the spurs and said hey lamarcus hey demar you guys you know you're making 20 30 million a year can you spare one for for a great cause but yeah it's just millsy standing alone sadly Mm. that's awesome though like it's it's not just a million dollars it's a hundred percent of his earnings yeah you know yeah. that for a guy at i guess the bottom end of the league as far as salaries to to just give it all and show like you know i don't need this like i don't need all this money there's people that can make a huge difference to and um you know you got guys making 40 million dollars a year and i'm sure you know you've mentioned a few guys there brendan but i'm I'm sure I've heard other guys that have just coughed up large amounts of money too since all this stuff's been going on, but uh, mm. we, we don't have all their names at our disposal. Mm. There was a, a couple of calls on Twitter being made uh, that the Spurs should be retiring Paddy Mills's jersey once he calls it quits. Do you agree with this? 
No. No. <laughs> That's what no I thought. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Look, a very good player um, and obviously has, has won a ring with them and, and been a, a very valuable, I guess, role player for the, mm. the years that he's been there. But I don't it was think... huge in uh, 2013 or 20, yeah, 2014, sorry. Mm. Was, that series, he was he was massive. Was Andrew Gaze yeah. the first Aussie to play for the Spurs? He played for the Spurs, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. He, he played a season. I don't think he won, got a ring or anything. No, hold Silver Fox. And he he barely played. Okay. It was towards like the very like twilight of his his uh, career as well. It was one of those weird things where I think he played like for Washington or something when he was younger. Didn't work out. Came back to the NBL for like 10 Played years for the Tigers for all those years yeah <laughs> and then towards the end like in 2001 or, or 2000 or something he got like a 20 20 games or 10 day contract with the Spurs or something well it's uh, pretty solid in all up I'd have to say but uh, of course the the bubble having 13 teams in the west and 9 in the east means that some teams have of course missed out uh, or at least teams that are physically you know ruled out of making the playoffs one of them of course being the Hawks which does sadly mean of course over the break we learnt that one Vince Carter has officially hung up the shoes and and stepped away Um, this must be devastating for you especially Brendan being such a a Vinsanity fan but I know I asked this quite a bit you know where does he rank on I guess firstly the all-time list but then also players without a ring oh this is tough like I, I love Vince but like I don't have I guess that obsession with him that I guess one might expect like he he was one of the the guys that really shaped my NBA fandom and, and habits and it was pretty much I, I've always been a fan of, of you know dunkers and, and highlight real plays like that so I just gravitated towards him straight away and getting drafted in 98 and rookie of the year and winning the dunk contest in 2000 everything like that great highlights and then obviously he did us dirty and whatever else so he can you know stick it up his <laughs> 43 year old backside from that but you can't fault what he's done like what eight teams i think he's played for yeah i've got um i've got the statistical roundup here on my phone at the moment he played 22 seasons he's 19th all-time in scoring with over 25,000 points He's got over 6,600 rebounds, uh, 4,700 assists, over 1,500 steals, 888 blocks, uh, 2,293 pointers. That's sixth all-time. That's that's one of the more impressive stats, to be honest. An eight-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, Rookie of the Year, Dunk Contest champ, and the only player ever to play in four different decades. Like, yeah. I think I think that's when you when you look back at it, that's when you really start to admire, you know, what he was able to achieve. And there's another one that I've uh, put down here, uh, as reported by Tommy Beer. Vince Carter retires as one of five players in NBA history to score more than twenty five thousand points, grab more than five thousand rebounds, dish out more than four thousand assists, and make more than five hundred three pointers. The other four are MJ, Kobe, LeBron, and Paul Pierce. Somehow. Um, somehow, yeah, Come somehow. <laughs> he's the he's Disrespect. really the one. Who, he's really the one to stand out on this list. But yeah, I think that like he's a massive, massive player for I guess you'd say the the late nineties and early two thousands. Um, obviously, after that he sort of bounced around and became a bit of a journeyman, even for my 
Phoenix Suns. Um, have you guys got any sort of favorite Vince Sanity moments? I think the, the one for me, obviously, is his dunk contest performance. I think that was just the the one that really sort of makes you, you know, stand up and take notice. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, think... You go. Yes, yeah, the, the dunk contest for me is probably my brightest moment with him as far as memories and just what he did for that contest. Like, it was starting to sort of peter off and they were talking about potentially culling it and retooling it at that time and then he just exploded onto the scene and that 2000 dunk contest his singular performance over those few dunks is just about the greatest of all time and I don't know if I've seen anybody match what he did uh, since and and the great thing with that year is also uh, like 47 win season first ever playoff appearance and then uh, the year after got us our first ever playoff series win so that sort of 12 to you know 15 month period was the high point of of my raptors fandom for a good long time because after that we were pretty shitty for many (laughs) many moons um yeah but seeing him and then like him and tracy mcgrady running around together for 12 seconds you know cousins and and beast plays in their own right but then the the trade to the nets occurred and whatever else but the dunk contest and then him pretty much single-handedly steering us to a to the finals and then a, a final series win. Mm. I think the other one that I can really remember was his uh, his buzzer beater from the corner uh, for the Mavericks to uh, to win the game uh, in a first round series against the Spurs in I believe 2014. It's one of those mm. like moments that really just sort of stands out. But uh, John, I do want to ask you as well, where is? Oh, I was going to say, is he the best dunker of all time? For... He's got to be up there. He's up there. He is definitely up there. Um, there's two things when you talk about dunking. There's like in-game dunks and then there's dunk comp. I think for the dunk comp, he's definitely like top three at the at the worst. Um, you could definitely make a case for number one as far as like the originality that he showed and the way that he pulled off those dunks. I think like we might have seen Zach Levine and some guys do better but they're doing things that were inspired by what he was able to pull off mm. 20 years ago so he definitely gets points for that um, in game is so hard like there's been so many great dunkers you know Sean Kemp and like what we saw from Blake Griffin for a few good years and oh yeah you know the, the fact that Vince Carter literally jumped over a 7 footer uh, in 2000 at the Olympics is something that you don't get to say about many people so it's again it's tough to to kind of put him any lower than maybe top five top 10 i guess but yeah you really have to line up the best of the best to to really make that call which is enough of a testament to his greatness in that aspect yeah exactly but yeah. uh a wonder- i think before we, we move on from yeah. vince though like you you asked a couple of questions that we didn't get to which is like kind of ranking him amongst you know the greats and okay, yep. people to not win a ring. Yeah, yeah. And like the thing with Carter, you mentioned a lot of those accumulative stats that he's managed to amass over the years, and I think part of that is the longevity. Obviously, through four decades is amazing, which surprises and- me too, because he had a lot of injuries early in his career, and he was mm. missing big portions of seasons very early on in his twenties, and for yeah. him to still be running around at 43 like 
I don't know what you know yeah. special drink they found for him a few years <laughs> into his career, but mate, he he started looking after his body and, and managed to yeah nut this thing out for four decades. Yeah, there's kind of like three distinct eras for Vince Carter. There was like superstar Vince Carter, which is probably the first eight or nine seasons, or maybe less than that, even before he started to trail off. You know, after probably after New Jersey, he went to Orlando and things didn't really go the way that they hoped they would with Vince Carter as their scorer next to to Dwight Howard and it was after that it was kind of that rapid drop off and you just thought like okay this guy is tailing off the way we see superstars tail off and then he had this whole twilight of his career where he was a useful role player whether it was coming off the bench and or whether it was just being a veteran presence to get you a few buckets the game winner in Dallas is a great example of like what you can do when you accept a lesser role in that sense and, yeah. and don't kind of do the I guess the Iverson would be the other example of a guy who just flamed out completely um, Iverson was only drafted like a couple of years before Vince and he's been retired for seven or eight years so yeah I think his willingness to take that lesser role and not be concerned about the younger guys coming in and showing him up or doing bigger dunks than him I think he gets full credit for that but what I'm getting to I guess is that he he's, he's still not on that list for me of the greats to miss out on a ring because he just never really even got close apart from a conference finals here or there and well, he got close with uh, Orlando that, uh, that one season where they uh, lost to the, the Lakers yeah, I mean, he wasn't the guy there. He was Yeah, true. He he wasn't the man. And I just think he showed his true self in some of those earlier years where he kind of pouted to get traded out of Toronto as Brendan might remember mm-hmm. and it became clear that it, it, he didn't really have the mindset that a lot of those top guys have when it comes to winning. And you know he we saw him take off um you know he he went to his uh, college graduation the day of the game seven or whatever it was and they ended up losing and it was like questioning his commitment to the team yeah flew to and north I, I, carolina and then like <laughs> flew back the on the game day and got there like an hour before tip off like fatigued and whatever else and just just so just didn't give a rat's about what was going on he's like i made a commitment i'm going to graduate and did that crap yeah. and then it's like man just I, do it next i kind of i kind of respect it from a human perspective like yeah like that's what's important to you is those connections that you have you know you only get to graduate once blah 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 you know lifelong milestone achievement maybe it's what he always dreamed of that's fine but we're talking we're not talking about like is he a good person or a good friend or whatever we're talking about like an NBA player <laughs> and his commitment to the team and they definitely didn't like you wouldn't have seen like Kobe do that you wouldn't have seen Tim Duncan do that you would have seen KG. Uh, Dennis Rodman do that though but he would have went to the strippers <laughs> again and not his graduation yeah <laughs> that's it yeah just off to so Vegas. I mean yeah he's just not it's just not on that list he's not a Barkley and he's not a Carl Malone and he's not um you know a uh who's a recent more recent example I guess 
Don't say Steve Nash. Don't say Steve Nash. Don't say Steve a Nash. She's not a Steve Nash. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of players without a ring who were yeah. uh, on that you know upper level, but you know, carry on. <laughs> yeah. He, this is the thing. Like he he peaked really early and didn't like. There was a certain point where T Mac just went and like went like so far ahead of him that you would never take Carter over T Mac, and that. It, it, you never would have thought that would be the case when you're watching them both in Toronto for those first few years. Still pains me what could have been. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but that's enough Vince Carter talk. He's retired and, and we'll miss him. But um, yeah, I, I think the Raptors might retire his jersey. I think so. And we had a really good moment in like the 2015 season, I think, when it was you know 20, 20 years of the Raptors and it was Rhapsody Memphis, I think. And they did like a big video highlight mm. package just about Vince and the fans actually which every obviously when the star yeah, he player leaves he years. gets booed you know yeah. religiously but you know brought tears to him brought tears to other players on the court and it was a really beautiful moment I remember watching that game live and I was like damn this is this is hitting me in the feels right now I got a little bit teary eyed and welled up yeah. myself <laughs> well uh, we uh, do congratulate Vince on a wonderful career uh, all the best and uh, well, now we get to finish with a bit of fun. Um, I have been thinking of this game for quite a while. We've been aiming to play some games and I guess inspired a little bit by uh, Brendan's creation, The Hungry Game Show, which you can now listen to as part of the hashtag 8 Collective. I've decided to make my own little game. Um, obviously, during this COVID situation, we saw the birth of Cameo, which is a service where celebrities will uh, I guess name a price uh, or delegate a price and then a uh, customer want, might want to pay that price to get a certain little video message from a certain celebrity it may be you know for a birthday or a graduation or anything in between we might need to try and uh, get one for 8-bit uh, what do you think depending on how much that they charge and which celebrity we're looking for I'd be down for it but I know I haven't looked at NBA ones. I knew this was coming up, but I haven't looked. I haven't done you dirty like mm. that. But I remember about a year ago, I was looking around at like wrestlers and stuff like that. And some of the prices these people charge on there is ridiculous. So It's absurd, yes. Yeah, um, I don't know which way this is going to go with some of these players. Well, yeah, we did one for, for uh, our friend Jack Cruz's birthday last year, Brendan. It was... Cameo's been around for a while, yeah. I guess. We got, we got Matt Hardy to do a, like, a little special birthday a message to Jack, which is it was cool. amazing. It was, like, it was like two minutes long. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that was a few that, hundred bucks, wasn't it? That was pretty uh, reasonable. It wasn't. No, it was like a, I think it was one hundred and twenty US. There you mm. go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, that's that's fair. That that, that does seem fair. I, I know Roman Reigns is like nine hundred bucks US. <laughs> yeah. The great thing is like looking on there and seeing like Gilbert Gottfried and and people <laughs> like that, like these kind of C grade celebrities and how much they charge. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's a reflection of how big they used to be, mm-hmm. and then some of them are more realistic and they they're aware, like, or how big they think they are. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to play a little game of higher or lower. Basically, if you haven't heard about this game, what we're going to do is we're going to have a a bunch of NBA personalities, past and, and former players, and what we're going to do is we're going to get uh, one 
competitor, I should say, Jono and Brendan, uh, to tell me whether they think the price of the cameo is higher or lower than the personality before them. Uh, if the player gets it right, they continue. If they get it wrong, the other player takes over. The last player Ooh. at the end of the game wins. So it's basically, you know, one person could theoretically uh, stay on the entire time, but I would hope that I've made it as difficult as possible. But uh, It's like hot potato. A little bit, yeah. I've got, I believe, about 15 uh, I thought you were going to say 50 then, and I'm like, no. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, definitely not. But what I need from both of you now to start off is I'm got, I've got one player here, and I'm going to need the closest uh, monetary value that you think that this player is. Whoever gets it closest will start mm -hmm. off. So the first player I've got here for you is Michael Carter-Williams. Oh, he, he, he was nearly something for a hot minute there. Started seventy sixes was Empty that? Stats. Yes. Yeah. Rookie of the year with the seventy sixes. He sort of ninth pick or something too. Yeah. Mm. And then he was he at sort the of Bucks and a few other teams. Um, He's now at the Magic. I'm gonna say four hundred and fifty. Okay, Jono. Um, can I say like four hundred and fifty one, and then anything above oh, that? Is, don't is do life. me dirty like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you. I, I'll. I'll I won't do that because that's that's the smart way to play. Like I, th I think that's what Salim would do oh, if he was yeah. here. But uh, I'm going to go... He's an NBA player, so he's got a bit of money. He wouldn't be doing it for nothing. I'm going to go 650 Michael Carter-Williams is paying an even 50 bucks. Really? What? <laughs> we can do that right Wait. now. Yeah, I'm going to message him right now and say, yo. <laughs> yeah, get him to... Uh, to promote hoop dreams or something um, yeah. yeah you guys were well out of the Far ballpark out. for that <laughs> my goodness I thought so, 450 might have been a little too too low but <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta ask if you were making what's the minimum salary like a million dollars it's about in the NBA? I would have said it's about 750,000 US mm. dollars yeah yeah so what's that like almost one and a half mil over here I wouldn't be getting out of bed for 50 bucks. I wouldn't be sending a text message for 50 maybe bucks. Maybe he's doing it just for the goodness of his own heart. Maybe there's uh, some, maybe. You know, some young fans that don't have much cash. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to give back. Yeah, he's got to be a bit generous. All right. Brendan, you have uh, somehow, through the grace of, of God, managed to uh, be the closest. So you're going to start. <laughs> okay. Your next uh, NBA personality is Anthony Tolliver. Anthony Tolliver. He's a bit of a journeyman. He's yeah, been, yeah, I know. He's a very tall man. Yes, around the traps. He's, uh, I believe he's now at the Memphis Grizzlies. So now, did, did you say that you're giving us a number and, or, and we've got to go higher or lower? Or Yeah, so do you believe Anthony Tolliver's cameo price is higher or lower than 50 bucks? Higher. Oh. You're going higher? I, I'd Anth imagine so. I don't think many, of, many are under 50. Anthony I don't think Tolliver mine would be under 50. <laughs> Anthony Tolliver is lower at $43. What? <laughs> what? I was talking um I was talking AUD when I said it was high and that's so technically I was uh, yeah. anyway. No. Well, Damn, all geez. of these are in US dollars, so yes. Um, Times are tough in the USA for these NBA players. They're not <laughs> Well, that means Jono is back up to the plate and right. we've got uh, your one of your favorite players from this season, Jono, Devonte Graham. Oh man, my my guy! I can probably pay him to send me a, a little fanball message for my for my team there. Yeah, do you think he uh, is higher or lower than forty three dollars? 
I just have to say higher because I just can't. <laughs> I know he's a rookie and he's on like a, he's like not even is he a rookie or a second year? He's second a second year, year player. <clears throat> Uh, and he wasn't like a high draft pick, so he'd be not making much money. But I still think any self-respecting young man with his talent would have better things to do for that much money. So I have to go higher. And so he's going higher. You are correct. Devontae Graham is paying $60. That's still uh, so cheap. <laughs> I feel like you are both very much underestimating how much uh, these people are, are wanting yeah. uh, so you stay on and uh, we'll go to our next NBA personality the one and only Enos Cantor WWE superstar yes former WWE 24-7 champion a very personable he's, young man he's definitely charging more than Devontae Graham like he's got people actually want his time like I don't know who's really sending Devontae Graham requests but I think Enos Kanda has like the personality to put together a pretty funny like little little message so hit me with higher Enos Kanter is lower oh, Damn it. he's he's back at an even 50 bucks Enos Kanter there's some bargains on I think caviar. it's Ennis by the way I think it's Ennis Ennis okay I should apologize yeah. for that um, Brendan you're back up again yes. um, and we've got NBA legend Bruce Bowen and am I basing it off the 50 bucks from Ennis again? Yes. Is okay. it higher or lower than 50? Higher. Bruce Bowen is lower. Oh, God. <laughs> Bruce Bowen is paying 35 US dollars. Damn it. <laughs> it's, I love I might this have to game. get on here. I'm going to have to get on here and have a look at what I can get. <laughs> like, if I can get Joakim Noah to hit me up for 50 bucks, I'm doing it. Oh, this, this game is fun already. All right, uh, Jono, your next. Uh, NBA personality is Michael Beasley. Is he higher or lower than thirty-five? I thought you were going to say, "Is he high?" And I was like, "He's probably high right now." <laughs> yeah, he's probably high when he set that cameo count up. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then Bruce Bowen. What was it? Forty. Thirty-five. Thirty-five. That's a he's low gotta bar. Be higher. Yeah. He's got to be higher than thirty-five. Michael Beasley is asking for one hundred and seventy-five dollars. Damn it. Wow. <laughs> he, I would not pay that. Like of all these, of all these values, that's the most overblown. Well, there's going to be one next that uh, you probably wouldn't want to pay for. It is Lavar Ball. Damn it! <laughs> He's definitely asking for more. <laughs> so you're going, you're going for higher. Oh man, I probably should, probably shouldn't react. Go with my gut on this and think about it. What was it? 175 for the, uh, the founder of Big Baller Brand. <laughs> the worst I know he name thinks, ever, by the way. Yeah. I know he probably thinks he's worth more, but the, if the going rate for an actual player is seemingly 60 bucks, I'm going to go lower. You're correct. LeVar yes. Ball is asking for $133. God damn it. Okay. All right. Very uh, specific. Yeah, it's that's the most specific one so far, I think, mm. yeah. Which is weird. It's like he, he, he calculated the price of something specific <laughs> yeah. in his life. It's like, how can I pay for this? I'm going to do cameo. Write it off as a tax you know, rebate or something. Anyway, yeah. next NBA personality is possibly the biggest meme of the 1920 season, Taco Fall. Oh, damn. Taco. The big man from Boston. Okay. Is he I'm higher go... or lower than $133? Lower has to be lower. Taco Fall is asking for two hundred US dollars. Oh, get out of Back here, in the Taco. game. 
<laughs> Ain't no one paying that much for you. Oh, look, he's a very popular figure, as you'd seen by the videos of the fans chanting his name at the game. So, yeah, yeah. but maybe they I just guess want to Ennis get some Mexican. Yeah, definitely not. Two hundred. It's just funny when you like. There's no like base. There's no like base thing to compare it to because if Ennis Kant is asking for forty dollars and taco falls asking for 200 bucks uh, i don't know what to say <laughs> exactly all right brendan you're back up all right and another nba legend in the form of dikembe Matombo. oh the finger waggler himself the original board man slash block man ah oh, 200 higher bucks. or lower than 200 yes see i get these tough numbers i don't get like a, a median i get like is it higher or lower than 30 bucks or is it higher or lower than 200 i got nothing <laughs> he's a legend i think i think he's gonna have a bit of respect on his name and i'm gonna say he's higher than 200 bucks dikembe matombo is asking for 100 dollars flat God, this game sucks this game is great thank you i'm having so much fun with it <laughs> the fact oh. that he's charging half the amount that taco is it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's concerning to me, really. Um, so we've got six names left. Jono, you're back up. And we've got another NBA legend in the form of Rick Mahorn. Oh. Is he working for ESPN? I don't know what he's doing. Rick Mahorn. I feel like... I don't know. Um, gee. I'm going to go less. Because Dikembe... You know, i got to base it off what Dikembe's getting the name of the game here and Dikembe is the legend well I mean I Rick Mahorn's do... a pretty solid legend in his own right but but Dikembe is he's, not, he's no Dikembe in my opinion <laughs> well you'll be delighted to know that uh, Rick Mahorn is asking for less he's asking for $44 this game sucks yeah <laughs> we're down to the final five and uh, John of course staying on We've now got former NBA coach George Carl. George Carl. Hmm. He put a book out a couple years ago, so I think he's probably desperate for money <laughs> or, or attention. Either way, it works in his favor. I'm going to go more than Rick Mahorn. More than Rick Mahorn. Uh, once again, you are correct. George Carl is asking for $95. So yep. as we continue on, your next NBA personality is Boban. Fool. A very popular Boban. man in the NBA right now. He is. Is he more Taco or is he more Ennis? Uh, don't th- you be I asking. I think he's more hints. Taco. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not asking. I'm just. Uh, I'm, in terms you know, of meme voc- status. I'm vocalizing my thoughts. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> right. I think he's more Taco. Yeah, in terms of meme status. So I'm going to go higher. Going to go higher. You're incorrect. Boban yes. is asking for $85. So oh, just pretty close. Slightly less, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Brendan, you're back in. The final three here. And we have got ourselves the White Mamba, Brian Scalabrini. Cool. And what's the number? Is he higher or lower than $85? God... There's, there's just I no there's no measuring stick here to, to go off like I'd like to say lower but the way I've been calling this game it's probably going to be higher I'm going to go lower I'm going to go lower than 85 bucks I'm going to say he's around 70 bucks 
Brian Scalabrini is asking for $99. This game can suck my ass. <laughs> After a, a very short period, Jono jumps back in for the, the last two. And, mm. of course, we just saw this gentleman pretty recently on The Last Dance. We're talking about Gary Payton. GP, the glove. <sighs> He's a proud man. I'm, I'm not going to laugh at him like Jordan did. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to say that he, he would ask for more than $99. Gary Payton is asking for $625. <laughs> See, they're the kind of numbers I was expecting. Not this 42 <laughs> or 37 bullcrap. <laughs> what, did, what did we say at the start for the six when you said 450 and I said 650? Who yeah. was the player? Michael Carter Williams. So Michael bucks. Carter Williams. <laughs> yeah, we were we were way off. That that's the the ballpark you would expect for for Gary yeah. Payton for sure. But uh, we have now reached our final, uh, I guess, participant. Mm. Jono, if you do get this right, you win. Obviously, if you lose, Brendan wins by default. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good way to play. <laughs> and it is a man that we have just been talking about. Vinsanity himself, Vince Carter. Oh, damn. Far out. Is Vince worth more than what? On 650? Cameo? 625. 625. Than Gary, Gary Payton. How much are those He's... helmets worth, Brendan? <laughs> they vary, but some of them are not cheap. Most of them are more than 650. You can sell one in the public eye. Vince, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, he's. He's just he's probably made eye. an. He's made enough money from Nike to not have to worry about money, but at the same time... Yeah, very popular currently mm. in the public eye. I think he, it would have to be high based on the demand. Like, if it's too mm. low, then he'd be having to do them too often. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say higher. That's my final thing. Lock it in, Eddie. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Vincent Carter is asking for... Three hundred dollars. Oh. <laughs> yes. Can we make this a literally Patreon goal? <laughs> over half, <laughs> literally, or Damn, half of what Gary Payton is asking for. Brendan technically wins by default. I got zero right of my guesses outside of the first one. <laughs> I'm Steve Bradbury to, um, up in here. Yeah, we might need to rejig the scoring structure on this. <laughs> you're not first, you're last, Jono. Well, I'll, I'll find more unique fun games to play that's for sure but i thought that was quite fun that was good that was... fun I, I was trying to be the bit of the heel and throw mud on it because i wasn't winning but it was genuinely fun i think <laughs> chuck a little bit of nice uh nice tense music over the back and some incorrect correct mm. sort of buzzers and you're on to something yeah, yeah i'll have to uh, get them from your uh hungry game show <laughs> scour your files and see what i can do with that but uh yeah there we go it sounds great <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for another episode of Hoop Dreams. We must thank you all for your, I guess, listenership and support over the first year of Hoop Dreams. Hopefully there are plenty more cold takes to come in the next 12 months, but uh, it means a lot to us that uh, you've uh, listened with us through all this time. Um, All of your listens, your likes, your ratings, they do a lot for us going forward, um, and hopefully your shirt purchases too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Jono or Brendan have you guys got anything you want to say to uh, those loyal listeners 
yeah, I'd like to also throw a question to yourselves. How much does Gary Busey charge for Cameo? I've got him up right now. Have a guess. <laughs> Tilby, you're first off the off the block. Hmm. He's a, he's a pretty uh, interesting character. I feel like he'd be, you know, meme potential there for Cameo. Let's go, you know, $400. You're at 400 What about you, JP? Where you at? I, I was going to go like 800 You're going to go 800 Yeah. If we're going to go closest, if it was Price is Right rules, you would have both busted. It was three fifty <laughs> for Gary Busey. Three fifty. I was close-ish. Yeah, so so, yeah, so you, you won for closeness, but yeah, three fifty <laughs> for the Busey. <laughs> but That's no, not in all how honesty, this game works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you to everyone for for checking out what we do here. I know the releases have been pretty erratic, and this season's been a bit of a write-off, but we're looking to get back to some consistency and get some get some more regular hoop discussions in your ear holes every other week and maybe get some guest hosts coming in and just having a bit more fun i'm just mm-hmm. I, all i want to do is just do fantasy drafts all the time if you probably hadn't guessed but <laughs> I'm, I'm down to have fun and play games and yeah thanks to everyone the that rated reviewed subscribed shared it all that stuff it means the world and uh keeps those emotional lights and in our hearts so uh, yeah much love yeah john anything yeah. for you same thing just we love we obviously love basketball here and it's fun to chat about it with each other and if people like listening to it that's awesome too and let us know you know do you like it when we talk about the games and the players do you like it when we muck around and play stupid games do you like it when we try and drop hot takes whatever it is like yeah we want to give you what uh you know you want to hear but we also want to have a lot of fun doing it so i'm sure we'll we'll you know I guess what I'm saying is we're figuring out this show as we go in the first year, and I think that it's starting to to get to where we want it, I think. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's definitely starting to take shape. But, uh, of course, if you do have any questions, queries, comments, concerns, or complaints, you can always send them to us at WeR8Bit with the hashtag HoopDreams. You can follow me on Twitter at It's Tilby. Brendan, where can they follow you? Uh, find me everywhere at Brendan8Bit, or one word. And Jono? I am at Jono himself on all the socials. And, of course, don't forget to check out our uh, 8-Bit Fantasy League series where uh, Brendan and Jono are duking it out to see whose uh, Fantasy League teams can uh, actually do the... do the or go the distance, I should say, on the uh, virtual hardwood in NBA uh, 2K20. We forgot to mention 2K21's coming out. We're all very excited about that. A, uh, uh, are we? 2K, if you're listening... <laughs> Yes, we are, if you're listening to K. We're very interested. <laughs> I love your pairs, but I'm finishing Ghost first and then playing a few other games, like Cyberpunk. Yeah, there's certainly a lot to come out uh, in the next couple of months. But uh, until then, from myself, Matt Tilby, Brendan White, and John Peck, it is goodbye for now. Take care. Keep dreaming.